You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I'm your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and of course, I want to remind you that the Needless Things Podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, where you should rate it well and share it and stuff. And of course, on NeedlessThingsSite.com, where five days a week you can find not only the Needless Things podcast, uh, one one day, one of those days the Needless Things podcast will be available, uh, and the other four days we will have multiple original articles about those things that I mentioned before. Myself and my staff of talented writers provide pop culture entertainment for you, the people, and if you like it, if you like the podcast, if you like NeedlessThingsSite.com, please spread the word. Share us across the internet. Uh, tell people about us. Uh, tell them to give us money. You don't have to give us money. I We would appreciate it. If you like it, go to the main page. Right there to the right is a PayPal uh, thing where you can give us a dollar, five dollars, a million dollars, whatever. But but just share, spread the word, do what you can. Tell other people to give us money. You don't have to do it yourself if you can just convince somebody else to do it. Because I'll tell you this right now. If every person that listened to the last episode as of right now, uh, the one that went up a week ago, uh, the interview about Empire Pictures, if everybody that listened to that would give a dollar, one dollar, uh, I would be able to pay for the site and for the podcast for a year. And that's just the people that have listened to it in the last week. That's not even everybody that will listen to it, uh, you know, for the rest of time or however long the internet lasts before uh, the animals revolt and destroy the humans and everything goes back to the way it was or something. Uh, read that Dean Kuntz book that, that suggests this has all happened before. Or Battlestar, Battlestar. There have been plenty of things. I always like that cyclical thing where there's that moment of revelation where the the smart scientist character goes this has all happened before i dig that story i've read it or watched it or whatever a few times and it's one that appeals to me i don't think it's unreasonable uh well and douglas adams even mentions it in the hitchhiker's guide uh more as a theory but still, I like I like that idea. Something about that appeals to me because it, it suggests that everything perseveres, e- even after uh, death, I suppose, of society, civilization, cultures, whatever, that something hangs in there and starts over again at some point because we humans are tenacious, which is how, and I'm going to get a little serious here, 
the interview, today's interview with VHS Glitch, who is a man of mystery, let me tell you, knowing, knowing one, we can smell our own. A really interesting interview. You guys are going to like it. I think this one has the potential to be very big and very popular. Uh, it was very, very interesting for me. Uh, it was talking about a subject that, uh, synth music, uh, obviously I grew up with it, but you know, in the being a child of the '80s, born in the '70s, growing up in the '80s, uh, but there's a resurgence, and I, I learned some about that. Uh, I, I learned a lot from this one, and I think you guys will too. And this guy was a pretty interesting character. So, uh, being that the only identity I am aware of is VHS Glitch, and uh, apparently he has routed himself through different places and. And as he put it, he exists in the internet. So you can imagine, this one is is pretty cool. This is something a little different. But before we get to that, I want to do as close as I'll ever get to a public service announcement. Every once in a while, I talk about uh, something a little more serious. And I have experienced something recently that I'm not going to get into any detail about uh, because I just don't want to. But if you have a day job and you are experiencing anything, and this is a, this is, I've, I've told, I've had trainees, the, the jobs, I've had many jobs, uh, and I have often ended up in a position where I was training people because I tend to be very good at my jobs. And whether I want to or not, I end up as a manager or a trainer or whatever the case may be. So, I have told trainees in the past, if you have an issue with anything, you need to tell somebody. Because nobody should have to deal with a hostile work environment or an uncomfortable work environment. You shouldn't have to go into your shitty job and have someone else making it shittier. And that's a very hard thing to deal with. Because we are raised in a society where being a whistleblower or being a tattletale or whatever the case may be is looked upon in a very negative light. But you shouldn't have to sit on feelings of persecution and resentment and just eat them every day because somebody else is inconsiderate or cruel, or whatever the case may be. I mean, this can apply to many different situations. But I just want to tell you guys, if you're listening to this, and if something is going on at your workplace that does not have to do with the job, but is making you uncomfortable, or is causing you undue stress or problems, or is making you carry things home with you that you shouldn't have to be carry home, do something about it. Please do something about it. Every job now, you know, you may not have a cool boss. I've got a pretty cool boss. Uh, you may not. And that's part of the problem of this sort of thing is even if you do have a cool boss, sometimes it's really hard to go talk to them about certain things because you feel like, man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sound like I'm whining or it's going to, uh, you know, I'm going to be the one making problems. But it's not you that's the problem. If you're uncomfortable, if you're being harassed, you aren't the problem. The person or the situation that's making you uncomfortable is the problem. 
and I, I want you guys to say something. And you've got to be smart about who you say something to. You've got to know the politics of your environment. You've got to know what's going on, and that's not the way it should be. But you got to be realistic about continuing the job, about dealing with uh, repercussions. Uh, you know, and it's shitty that it's like that, but it is. But you got to find a way out. You can't just sit on that stuff because it's terrible for you. So every place now has an anonymous human resources hotline. So usually it's a third-party service, so it's not even within the company that this stuff's being reported to. Um, and it may be a long process. It may take months. It may take a year. But just knowing that you've done something can make you feel a little better. But just take some action. Please don't sit on your misery. Don't feel like you're alone. Don't feel like you're helpless. Don't let yourself be persecuted. Uh, it's it's not fair. It's your job. It's not. That's just not how it should be. It's bad enough. You got to go in and clock in and slog through your day of of. Uh, you know, ringing up customers or putting away boxes or, or bottling beer. I don't know, whatever it is you do. You know, we've all got shitty jobs and don't let someone else make it shittier. You don't deserve that. None of you guys listening to this. If you're listening to this show, you're a pretty cool person and you don't deserve that bullshit. So please, uh, you know, if you're going through something, then, then, do something about it. And honestly, you know, if, if you want to talk to somebody about it, send me an email, phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. I've been through some shit. I've been in the workforce for 20 years now, and I've seen some stuff. I've been in, gosh, more than 20 years, 24 years. I've seen all kinds of stuff, and I've been on, you know, I, I've dealt with a lot of HR stuff. Uh, maybe I can help you out. Maybe I can't. But do something. Take some action. Don't deal with an asshole. You don't deserve it. All right. You know what you do deserve is an awesome interview with VHS Glitch, international musician, producer, synth artist, and general cool dude. But before the interview, you deserve a little bit of music from VHS Glitch. Uh, you can find all of his stuff on Bandcamp. So if you just go to Bandcamp and look up VHS Glitch, you'll find it all. Uh, and the, he's got a vinyl release coming out that's, uh, the pre-order's already done, but it's gonna be offered for sale in December. But if you Google VHS Glitch, you're gonna find everything. Cause there's not a lot of them out there, believe it or not. So right now, here's a little bit of music from VHS Glitch. And then after that, interview. And then after that, a few more words from me. Uh, probably, once again, begging you for money. So here's a 2014 single from VHS Glitch. Meet the Cure.
first of all, we'll go ahead and kick this thing off so we can get it taken care of and you can get back to business. Uh, welcome to the Needless Things podcast. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, we are talking to VHS Glitch, a prolific and awesome, may I say, composer <laughs> of synth music, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit. But I first discovered you uh, with the Retro Promenade release, uh, Carpenter, earlier this year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was it was a pretty nice uh, release. Yeah, it was. A re- and uh, yeah, yeah, and I, a lot of people kind of like that that release for some reason, and a lot of people love my track. He sees you, and yeah, I think it, it worked pretty nice. Well, and compilations have got to be kind of an important part of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Just because it it does it gives you another avenue to get your name out there because that's how you came to my attention and then and he sees you was definitely I mean that's an awesome album but he sees you was a standout and it's also on Halloween Strangers which is what we were originally going to talk about exactly but I, I want to talk because when I listen to your stuff. Mm-hmm. There's clearly an intent to sort of bring me back to, you know, 80s movies were, I mean, the horror and science fiction of the 80s are a core of, of who I am and my tastes. And you manage to perfectly capture that. Like, I, I can picture a movie in my head when I'm listening to your stuff. How did you, how did you come around? What's influenced you? What's gotten you to the point where you're putting this stuff together and composing these really evocative tracks? Um, basically, I think I think the main the main mission I have when uh, when I'm talking about the project, I mean, when, about Beatrice Glitch, the main thing that I want to reach is uh, basically put uh, the listener into a story, atmosphere, whatever you want to call it. So what I basically do is write music based on um, stuff that I have on my mind, which is kind of like a movie or like images or pictures or whatever. So maybe that's the main reason why people can feel like they're into like a movie or something like that, as you say. And uh, the reason why I want to like... um, Put the listening into into that uh, atmosphere is because nowadays music is just to is is played just to have fun like get it on on the on, on background and do things like work or something like that while you're listening to music. But I want the listener to stay focused to the composition and enjoy it as much as possible and be a part of the composition. So yeah, exactly. That's that's what that's exactly what I'm trying to 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 reach. So I'm glad that you say that you feel like that, that like you're seeing a movie or something. Yeah, absolutely. And and it is interesting because now, you know, I think we all listen to music in different ways. But you know, one of the most common things is sitting in the car driving to work, or like you said, in the background while you're doing stuff. Exactly. And music sort of has competition now in. That, that you do have things like podcasts and you do have a lot of audio media out there that people can throw on. And I think music almost has to be more immersive than it mm-hmm. used to be. And I, yeah. and that's why I think that the stuff that you're doing, which, which are all very much like concept albums. I mean, uh, even though there's not necessarily a movie attached to something like Halloween Strangers, uh, mm-hmm. or, 
to I just listened to one of the singles you've got up on your Bandcamp, which by the way, go to Bandcamp and check out VHS Glitch for for a ton of awesome music. But I just listened to Stellar Pursuit while I was getting ready for the show. Mm-hmm. And again, it totally sets up a scene. Uh, it, it very much feels like, it, you know, where's the movie attached to this? No, no, this is just a concept. Uh, and, and it's very well done stuff. How did you get your start in music or in composing? Well, I can't say an exact date because music has been like a part of my life since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But um, but I decided to start with this project in April 2014. Yeah, last year. And the reason why I started with this project was because I, I I saw that the synthwave community was quite different. Uh, if you compare it with uh, with the rest of the genres, um, people is kind of more like friendly and they appreciate music way more than other genres. So I decided to start with the uh, um, composing composing this type of music because of that, and also because um, I was in a hard situation in 2014, and I feel kind of depressed, and I was like medi- meditating about what should I do with my life, and I realized that the time where when when I was happier than ever was when I was a child, and it was in the 80s. So what I tried to do was basically um, try to recreate those moments and translate them into music. So that's how everything started in, in back in 2014 till today. And and it's hard to believe. I mean, you had – I totally understand that, by the way, because I, I, my uh, attachment is, is a – pretty massive toy collection and most of that stuff is stuff from the 80s mm-hmm. and i totally get the sort of the soothe of nostalgia exactly um but you uh, prior to 2014 i mean did you have a background in music is because uh, uh, l- listening to this stuff when you said 2014 it kind of blew my mind that that this is a year's worth of work what what is what were you prior to that uh, was your musical I, involvement I, I, I was, you know, doing different types of, of music, but I had a, a pretty nice uh, career as rap producer, hip-hop producer, mm-hmm. during like uh, eight years or nine. But, you know, rap music wasn't like so hard to do, to be honest. So, But I guess the, the, the time that I had more inspiration and I learned like a lot, was in uh, probably in 2005 or something like that um, when I was when I started playing guitar and I had a, like a little band with a couple of friends and probably yeah that that's that, that was a time when I probably say to myself I need to make music I need to compose music probably around 2005 yeah what kind of stuff were you playing then a little bit of punk music but with Guidam, but at home I used to play like a lot of heavy and stream power metal and stuff like that. I really like guitar stuff. I'm I'm a, I'm a freak, you know. I'm, I'm so I'm I just love uh, 80s rock glam music, and I think that's probably the main reason why I use the guitars on my composition as well, my compositions as well. For some reason, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because not uh, you know I have only recently discovered the the current. I guess synthwave 
movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I feel like it's been around for quite some time, but it's something that that my eyes have been open to recently. And you do, you know, you do use guitar, you do use some different elements, a lot of different layers, and it seems like there are different levels. Uh, you know, some are purely synth stuff. Uh, some artists do use other elements, but it seems like overall the community is pretty accepting of those differences. Like you said, it seems like it's a little bit of a friendlier community. Exactly. Exactly. Plus, um, most of the artists came from metal, so they understand the use of guitars and, and they respect it a lot. It's, it's like an instrument that everyone's loving in, in the genre, so they have no problems with it. So when you were uh, when you were playing out in a band, playing some punk stuff, because uh, punk it seems like is a gateway to all kinds of of different music, especially if you're actually playing music because it, it's accessible. It's mm-hmm. it's you know if you want to play music, chances are you can you can play some punk music. But what kind of stuff uh, when you're a kid? Who were you listening to? Like who were your artists? Well, I used to listen to a lot of music and. Probably that's why I know how to compose music because I never ever in my life took any type of lesson of how to compose music or play any type of instrument. So I'm 100% self-taught. And I think, um, I think the, the, the reason, like I said, uh, the reason why I know how to compose music is because I used to listen to classical music, uh, Latin music, uh, rock music, pop music any kind of genre since I was a kid, since I was like five years old or something like that. My father used to listen to a lot of classical music, opera and stuff like that. So maybe, maybe it's because of that, you know, maybe I know how to compose music because of those years and all those genres that I, that I used to listen to. And still today I'm listening to a lot of, uh, music from, um, I don't know, Sebastian Bach, for example, is like a huge inspiration. And I just uh, listen to a lot of music. I can, I can say a specific genre because, uh, or, or artist because I listen to a lot of shit. Well, and that's, that's gotta give you an advantage because, you know, I, I, and I think probably most people, you know, once you get to be around, I'm 39 and at this point I listen to, like you're saying, tons of different stuff. Mm-hmm. But over the course of my life, I've had sort of phases where I preferred hip hop or I preferred punk or I preferred metal. Uh, you know, I'll always, as I pick one up, it stays with me. But I, I definitely, from an early age, I didn't just glom onto every music that I could. It didn't all, I wasn't always accepting of everything. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is same here, man. Same here. And, I cannot, I cannot listen to any type of genre till you know, and during a, during some time. I mean, I need to listen to different types of music during one day, like different genres. Yes. Like six, seven, ten, twelve, depends on the day. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is just crazy, but it's real. Maybe I'm listening to uh, Sabrina, which is like uh, Italo music, and the next track is, I don't know, maybe like Still Loving You <laughs> yeah. from the Scorpions. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like I'm completely different, but I need to listen to music like that well and different music you know brings out different things inside of you you know if you're doing anything creative uh-huh. uh you know you can be compelled by different types of things like uh-huh. if you're 
if you're exercising, you're not listening to Frank Sinatra. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah. It's, you, you need different kinds of motivation because music is very Absolutely. much, uh, kind of, kind of the, the blood of life mm-hmm. in a way. It, it's, for me anyway, it's always been with me. It's always been something I've been passionate about. And, but it, diff, it does different things for you at different times. And to get back to your personal compositions, you have definitely focused on, uh, things that do bring out a certain mood. Mm-hmm. How how do you determine what a project is going to be? That's a hard question because <laughs> I I just my a lot of people is asking me about how do I like basically do everything about this project. Not only the music, but the marketing and stuff like that. And I'm just trying to have fun. You know, that's all I do. So I have no plans. I just start writing music. And after like a couple songs or something like that, I just build a concept, you know, for the album. So so you feel a theme coming together. Like you'll compose a track and another Mm -hmm. and, and, and it sort of comes to you like, oh, I feel, I feel this between these two things. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, for example, this last album, the Halloween Strangers. I just made the first couple songs, which are Halloween Strangers and, and, uh, which, which one is the other one? Uh, Chainsaw Slasher. And yes. I just, I just say, this needs to be like, you know, like three guys who lose their minds because when they were a child, people goes bananas with him and with him and, you know, just, they just lose their mind and start killing people. It was like that, basically. Just made a couple songs, and I, the, the concept came like that. I don't know. I just, it just, I'm not worried about anything. I just make music, and after that, I just try to plan, try to make a plan. But um, the beginning, I just trying to have fun as much as possible because we all are gonna die, so <laughs> we have to, we have to enjoy everything we do. Yeah, you got, you've got to do what you can while you've got the the life and the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I love going to the Bandcamp page, and there's actually a story accompanying. Uh, like, there's a narrative here. I love that. Uh, and also looking at the page, you have developed an aesthetic that carries across all of the albums. They all, like all of the album art, uh, has a very specific look to it, that 80s feel. Uh, even mm-hmm. the VHS glitch logo. How did you develop this stuff? Well, I I made I have made like like eighty uh, percent of them, except the evil technology artwork, mm-hmm. which uh, the the illustration was made uh, for by um, this guy. What's the name of this guy? God damn it! Uh, a real CB, a real CB, which is an awesome uh, illustrator. But the rest I just did them did them myself, and I wanted to you know just bring that eighties look back and inspire. Young kids and also people who born was born in the eighties, to um, and you know just basically keep that eighties uh, aesthetic alive, which is part of my mission when I make music. Well, it's in- interesting because all corners of the eighties are represented. You've got one that's a Nintendo yeah, homage, yeah. Uh, lots of horror stuff. Uh, one you know, you've got metal album covers, uh, a lot of Chrome, yes, a lot of eight yes. bits, uh, a lot of uh, pixel art, and 
I don't know. Just I'm just trying to give the eighties a life, man. We need that spirit again. We need that spirit back again. And I'm trying to do my best. I don't wanna lose those moments and and those memories. So I'm I'm just I'm just trying to keep it the eighties alive. That's pretty much it. Now I am showing Skype is telling me that you're in Japan. Yep. Which makes this our first international uh interview, which I appreciate. Yep. So how do you how does one end up in Japan? Um, I'm not actually in Japan. You know, Skype uh, forced me to choose a oh. location. <laughs> Bandcamp as well. Bandcamp as well. So I just chose Japan because uh, because I don't know. It just just look cool. It adds know? to the mythos. Yeah, but 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 I'm 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 everywhere. You know, I'm all over the internet. I don't have any any specific uh, location. I don't want to share too much. Uh, well, I don't want to share any any type of personal data, personal information. Sure. Because what I want is the listener to stay focused on the music. Because I, in my opinion, there is another problem in in the music industry. People don't want artists anymore. They want uh, handsome people. They want people with a specific look. They want people with uh, you know. They are not looking for the music. They are just basically trying to follow, uh, you know, like, uh, like, um, I don't know how to explain that, but it's the, the cult of personality. Exactly. But if you are listening to music, maybe you are looking, um, I mean, when, when I'm, li- when I'm listening to music, I'm looking for an artist, not a personality. I'm looking for good artists who can develop, uh, nice music. And that's what I'm trying to do, hiding all my personal information. Because that way, my listeners listen to my music because they love my music, not because they love how I look or who I am sure, or sure. where I'm from or any anyway, you know, anything like that. And um, and I think I'm 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 reaching and I'm getting like a huge fan base, even though I don't like to to tell to tell them uh, fans because they are listeners. Yeah, but but you know, it's like a solid fan base. I'm I'm getting like a solid fan base full of people who honestly like my music. I'm basically looking for honest listeners who can give me feedback um, as, as an artist, not as a uh, personality or something like that. You know, That's, that's the, the, the real mission of hide all that information. That's, that is a fascinating and interesting concept, and especially in modern times. Because, I mean, one uh, as you said, music now isn't about music and that's not you know it's not even a statement about the pop culture icons like taylor swift or or katie perry or whoever may be the flavor of the day it's not even a statement about their music Mm -hmm. it's about how they're presented and about how culture uh society is sort of led to them yeah exactly and they they all are like controlled by a lot of people who tell them how they have to you know to look or sure. what they have to do at any particular moment and that's crazy that's crazy i don't want to be on that fucking thing because i'm 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 a musician you know i'm just trying to compose music and have fun i don't want to be controlled by anyone and i don't want to um be listened to people that don't like my music. For example, I listen to people like Pitbull a lot because it's always on the radio. But I don't like 
his music. Right. But I listen to it. Right. The difference, the difference between uh, me, for example, with people and my listeners with me is that I, I listen to people because society forced me to listen to him. But my listeners listen to my music because they want to listen to my music. And that's what I want to achieve. Well, and that's – it's a very interesting difference in – you know, now and the eighties in that media, you know, music specifically, but media in general, yeah. we do really have the power now to seek out quality stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. not all about, you know, as much as in, in a certain way, music now is even more spoon fed than it was before, but yeah. now you don't have to take that spoon. Mm-hmm. You can seek out what you want to hear. You can find exactly. quality stuff on your own. Exactly. And I know that in a way I'm suiting, uh, maybe I'm suiting my, myself in, in food because, uh, at the end of the day, what I'm doing is, is quite, uh, different from, uh, what's a sort one. And, but, uh, I just want to do what, uh, what I feel that I have to do. And I, I'm here to have fun and, and serve music with people who want to listen to music instead of follow a personality. So I'm not worried about it, to be honest. Well, and I think most satisfying success comes from because in doing, uh, there I do in addition to the podcast, I run a website, I do a few different things, okay. and I have always said I would rather fail at doing something I love than succeed at doing something the way that I'm told I'm supposed to be doing it. Yep. Uh, and, and that holds true for me. I, I really enjoy doing the things that I do and it's important to me that they have that integrity and that it's done the way I feel it should be done. Yeah. And I yeah. think, oh, I just pulled up your website. There was a little sampling of your music for the listeners. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the new album. album. <laughs> uh, and and uh, with that going on, I think you do find a more supportive. I don't want to say more important because anybody who's who's listening to your stuff is important. But yeah. when you build your own fan base, doing it the way you want to do it, I think there's a more sincere appreciation there. Yeah. Yeah. Plus. I know almost everyone who follows me, and I swear to God, man, it's I know every single name from any single listener that I have, and I always uh, talk to them and just have little conversations with them uh, to discuss about, uh, I mean, the favorite uh, album or song or whatever, just to to keep doing what they what they love to listen to, and I mix it with what I want to do. I just just like to keep things simple and. And enjoy. That's pretty much it, you know. And, and a lot of people is thinking and overthinking that I'm that I'm like a like a really nice marketing promoter or whatever or something like that. I'm just a regular guy doing music in in a corner of a living room, in a Pentium three with free loop stand, and I'm just trying to have fun. That's pretty much it. Well, and it's easy to promote and to be enthusiastic about the stuff you're doing when you love it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's probably that's probably the only secret that I have. When people ask me, what shall I do? I'm going to release an album in like a couple of weeks. I, I don't know how to say because I just 
drop the album. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do. I just release the album and talk to to the people who give me feedback about it and something and stuff like that. You know, just it's pretty simple. Well, and I you're don't just do anything fancy. And you're just excited. You want to share it. You want to get it out there. You've got a thing yeah. that you love and that you've spent your time on that that you've chosen to do. Yeah. So that it's it's easy to to shout about it to everyone who will listen. Exactly. Uh, so let's talk about the vinyl that's coming out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's coming from Mystic and Quantum. Yeah, exactly. That's the name of the label. And what what is, what is it exactly? Because this is your first vinyl release. How did you determine what was going to go on here, or is it an existing work? How, how did this come together? It was pretty crazy, and it's still pretty crazy, as you can see, because they just decided to release the album as pre- on pre-order today without any type of you know, notification or whatever. Right, right. I was working on a, on a, on a animation, but they just decided to release it today. So it's just pretty crazy. I just, uh, I always wanted to release my music on vinyl because when I was a child, obviously most of the music that I listened to was on vinyl. And, uh, this guy just came to me and told me that he owns a little label, an independent label. Uh, he's from Spain. I guess, yeah, he's from Spain. Okay. And uh, and and he just asked me if I wanted to to release an album with him on vinyl, and it was like, yeah, sure, because it's something that I always wanted to to do. Plus, the people who follows my music always ask me for a vinyl release. Yeah. And, but as an independent producer or composer, whatever you want to call it, it's real hard to, you know, like release uh, an album on vinyl because of the crazy amount of money it costs you know well it's not and it's not just about because any kind you know right now what you've got digital distribution which is Mm -hmm. beautiful for independent artists yeah and once you get into physical media you know uh, cds are are a hard enough proposition but vinyl is a whole other thing because now it's not you know there are only so many places that produce vinyl yeah like there's yep. literally like anybody who's listening you got if you guys collect vinyl at all you know if you've pre-ordered something and and uh you're gonna you're gonna wait for it because it just takes a long time for production now because there's only so many resources that are making records exactly. uh, it, which it, to me is part of the excitement of collecting vinyl yes i i yes that that scarcity is it, it makes it all the more special and we'll I want to talk in a second about vinyl itself but so it was a brave step for you to decide all right it's time for some vinyl yeah and they he just told me that I won't get a a penny from him sure I mean I'm I'm not gonna get a dollar from it but I don't care because like I said before if the people who listen to my music want a vinyl a vinyl release I'm gonna do it. You know, and I don't have no problems if I don't if I won't get any profit from it. I don't care. So I just say, yeah, why not? Two hundred copies, um, it's cool. So I decided to start uh, writing some music, and then um, after a couple songs, like I said before, I decided to make like a Evil Technology one point five, like a bridge between Evil Technology one and Evil Technology two, which is going to happen maybe next year or or so okay. i don't know so yeah that's pretty much what i did he said we need like um eight tracks eight songs and i just made them 
all of them are completely exclusive for this album. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And, and that's again, going back to doing what you want to do. There's so much nobility in, I want this thing to happen. Uh, the money is not important to me because it's, it's, it's creating, it's making this thing. Yeah. Because money, money comes and goes, but yes. how many opportunities I will have in my life to release a vinyl record? I don't know, but I know that I can get money from almost anything to today. You know, I just you just have to open the I don't know Google or something like that and just try to find a way to get money and you will get it. Or you can go to the street and just you know just play some guitar tunes and stuff like that and just ask for money. Yes. You can get money everywhere. Yes. You know, yes. nowadays it's, it's so easy, but how many times you can release a, a, a an album on vinyl? Well, and that's, uh, that's a very good perspective. It's to a certain extent yeah. how I look at things because, uh, you know, money comes and goes, but yeah. your time and your experiences can never be replaced. Exactly. So you, you really do have to kind of weigh, you know, obviously there are bills to pay, but when it comes down to it, you've got to weigh your, your life and what you're going to experience against, you know, spending a few bucks or losing a few bucks or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And, and obviously I will sell this album on digital as well. When, sure. when, when the, when the, when the label sell out the 200 copies that they did and I will get some money from it as well. So. Psst. I'm not worried about it as well. I want to have fun and just make things happen for me and also for for the people who want to listen to me. Now, I, has it, do, you, do you ever take your music on the road at all? Have you ever considered doing any kind of like touring to mm. play for people? This is this is uh, this is a a hard topic for me because. Uh, since uh, 10 years ago, I had a, a chronic disease, which is not so important. I mean, I'm not going to die from it, you know, but sure. but, but it's, it's quite fucked up. And uh, I cannot travel a lot. Okay. It's like I can't go out like, like a regular individual. So um, I cannot go on tour. And I've I, I received like, like, I don't know, maybe like 20, 20 emails or something like that about touring in Russia, um, what else? Uh, obviously, United States and uh, Canada as well. Um, I don't know, like a lot of places, but I cannot go. France, a, lo- a lot of places, but sure. I, I just just can't go. And it's it's quite fucked up because I really want to go on tour, man. I I always wanted to, you know, just make a show in front of a lot of people, but you know. Health is uh, like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, and if it's if you cannot do it, it's it's impossible. And to me, it's impossible. At least for now, it's impossible because it's chronic, which means that I don't. No one knows a cure for that uh, sickness. So I don't know. I just have faith. Maybe one day I'll be able to tour or something like that. I don't know. But for now, not in the cards. And and no. Nope. And again, though, that's where the era that we're in of digital distribution, you know, you can still reach people all over the world. Yeah, that's what I say, that I live in the Internet. Yes. That's pretty much what I do. I live in the Internet, and I talk to people through the Internet. I I just make my business through the Internet. 
I do everything through the internet. Through the internet. I mean, just so, I don't know. It's it's the best tool ever, basically. Um, I want to sidetrack a little bit and talk about vinyl for a second because mm-hmm. I, since I was a kid, I've had records because my parents listen to records, uh, mm-hmm. and and through the years, I've always, you know, if there's a particularly special album or something, kind of picked it up, um, uh, and you know now with digital music being what it is listening to something on your computer uh or even on a CD to me is a very different experience from listening mm-hmm. to a record yes uh and i can't explain it i'm not an audiophile so i can't sit here and tell anybody about quality or anything like that but when i listen to a record one it's the physical experience of putting it on dropping the needle, getting up after four songs, flipping it over, but also the sound just feels a bit more organic to me. Yeah. Uh, do you do you listen, you know, are records part of uh, your listening experience? What what do you find special about them? Yes, and, and uh, I feel I feel the same difference between between uh vinyl and or even cassettes as well. Then compared with the with the MP3 or WAB or whatever digital uh, format uh, you listen on the computer or any, any anywhere, um, the difference the difference between both uh, both things are completely immense. I mean, it's like two different things, absolutely two different things, and that's why I always try to. Um, to put my records on, on on digital, I mean on digital, on physical uh, copies because the feeling it's absolutely different and it's like you can appreciate the music way more. Even though it's synth- synthesizer music, you can feel more than just waves, digital waves. It's like I don't know how to explain that to be honest because I'm not a I'm not a professional with that, but I always try to add a little bit of texture to the digital files as well to kind of like find that organic feel. I like the texture on a vinyl. I like the texture on a cassette. And as you say, MP3 and WAPs are kind of plain. It's not like the same. It's like they are empty. Yes. It's like you need you need like a little bit more of something. I don't know what it is, but it's like kind of dead. And I, I that's why I don't like to sell my music on digital only and i always try to put everything on on physical but always cassette or vinyl vinyl i don't like cds to be honest well and that's that's a very good point there is a substance to uh and and i'll admit i haven't listened to a cassette in years but as far as vinyl there's a, a weight and a substance to it Mm-hmm. That isn't there, and I don't know that you'd ever miss it if you've only listened to, you know, digital for the last ten or fifteen or whatever years. Absolutely, it's, it's like I don't know. It's it's it's, it's completely different, and, and it's so easy to miss that um, that feeling. It's it's something completely different. You know, I don't know that there's anything missing from digital, but I think there's something extra with physical. I think maybe yep. that's what it is because I don't feel, uh, 
you know, because listening to stuff in the car or whatever the case may be, you know, I still enjoy the music and it's still great, but you yeah. get you get a little bonus when you're you're handling it and listening to an actual uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite hard to 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 explain because obviously, uh, yeah. as you as you can see, English is not my first language, so it's it's even harder. Sure, but, sure. Uh, but um, I think I think it's um the digital files miss that print or record uh part which give it give it the like like the texture you know you yeah. it's i don't know how to explain that because it's real hard vinyl itself had that texture in it same with the with the cassette it's it's like it's inside of it and digital it's like uh i don't know how to say how to explain that but it's like the instant product you know, and yeah. it's like clean, like virgin. I don't know how to explain that because it's it's, it's pretty hard. Sure, well, but, and it is. I've been I've I've talked about it many times, and and nobody seems quite able to nail it. Even people who are uh, very experienced with audio and or, or engineer, uh, engineers or whatever the case may be, it's it's tough to put your finger on it. But there is something else there. It's a different experience. Yeah. And you say and you say something very important, which is the experience of get the record, put it on, just put the needle in it, and then just turn it and go with the side B. And, you know, it's like, like it's, I don't know, it's completely different. You well, know, when and it you're does, to it. a record does demand your attention more, too. You don't it's, just... You that's, don't just... That's, what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like you have to be next to it, and it's like you are more focusing to the listening session. Yes, Yes, exactly. Digital is just like I just play, I just push play, and that's it. You just click a button and walk off. Yeah, exactly. And if you have it on repeat, it's going to start again, and you don't have to do anything. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's more cold or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. So what? What else have you got coming up? You uh, you seem very compelled to create. Yes. Are, are you basically constantly? Sort of putting things together, like do do note, like do notes come to you, and you think, oh, that's good. I've got to remember that for later. Or are you able? Do you always have sort of an outlet to put something out there? Uh, what what is your process as far as just your day to day creation? It's it's absolutely crazy because I'm just you know doing regular stuff, and any idea came to my mind, and I just run and pick my phone and just start humming stuff and recording it. Then I just pick the iPad and try to play it and have like a little rough idea. And then I just send that to the to the computer and I just make it happen later or whatever. I'm just, I'm always creating stuff. Even though when I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not able to create stuff, ideas came to my mind and I just have to record them real quick anywhere, you know? So yeah, I, I can't stop. I can't stop. I can't. So when when you do have sort of a concept, how many uh, obviously not specific number, but like how many steps are we talking about between ah, let me hum something in here and and how much I guess how much process is there between an idea hitting you and a finished product? Like do you have to tweak things a lot or do they kind of come to you in full? Um it depends. Because I don't know if you're aware of that, but the Halloween Strangers album uh, was made in 22 days only. Oh my gosh! 
So yeah, yeah, I, I was just I was just on Facebook and I was like, Halloween is almost here. I have to challenge myself. I'm gonna do an album. It comes like that. So I just tell the people who follow me follows me on Facebook that I I will I want I wanted to uh, make an album and they they were like please do it yeah you know, just just do it and everything came like happened like so fast you know I just woke what I did basically during those uh, 22 days I just woke up in the morning get something to eat and stuff like that and I just put myself in front of the screen so. That means that I don't have to hum anything or record anything on the phone or make a rough version on the iPad or whatever. I just put myself into writing music mode, you know. So it was it was pretty 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 fast. And all I do is just put myself in front of the screen, try a couple of notes with the bass, maybe or maybe with a synth, or I just create a drum lap, and that's it. When I when when I'm doing regular stuff and I have to record humming coming the stuff on a, on a phone or whatever things came like completely done i mean i just i, I recorded the baseline i recorded the, the i don't know like the the main chords i recorded drums as well doing a little bit of beatbox and i just created the, the full song humming and making noises <laughs> I, all i have to do is just send it to the computer and just uh compose it and and use the right sounds to it but that's it that's beautiful so it it kind of it it is it is in your head yeah and i'm and 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 i'm constantly making noises during the day i can't stop it's like crazy it's like crazy you know the people who live with me are (laughs) freaking crazy about it because they they are so they are so they are tight as fuck you know because i'm constantly like making noises and humming stuff and recording things on the phone, and I can't stop. It's like I have like a lot of ideas on mine, and as you can see, I dropped like uh, I released two albums this now, two original soundtracks this year, three singles if I remember, the Halloween Strangers album, and now I'm going to release another album. So it's like I can't stop, and that's another good thing to be independent. Because I can't release whatever I want whenever I want without asking anyone. Yes, yes, absolutely, and that's and that's beautiful. And and that's the thing that I've always wondered about is you know when you are a creative individual and you have some kind of weird imposed timeline you have to deal with, like that's got to kill the spark a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, man, I admire the hell out of your creative spirit. Uh, I, I love that you're doing exactly what you want to do on your own terms and coming in december pre-order available now uh from mystic and quantum their eighth release from vhs glitch land with no future an lp vinyl uh follow vhs glitch on facebook and you can learn all about this and obviously check you out on bandcamp where is that is bandcamp everything is it everything you've done is on there yeah, exactly. Everything. Well, very cool. Um, any, where else can we find you online? You can find me on SoundCloud as well. Uh, BHS Glitch, I guess. Yeah. On yeah. Twitter as well. BHS Glitch. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, man, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this thing up? I just want to thank you so much for this interview. And, and I just want to apologize for the terrible English. 
<laughs> oh no, no worries, man. I've I've had no trouble at all. It's fantastic. By and, and yes, you know, just check my music, and if if you like it, just follow the work, and I will try to you know drop more music all the time. I can't stop. <laughs> That's awesome, That's dude. It. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. I feel like that was a really strong interview. I really enjoyed talking to him, and it was interesting that we, we did talk and never really touched on his background. Uh, we, there were a couple of things here and there, and uh, actually I learned a little bit more after the interview, but I wasn't too sure if he wanted that stuff in or not because it was kind of after we every interview i do there's always a little bit after uh what you guys hear where, where we talk a little bit longer and i wasn't sure if he wanted a couple of things in so i i left him out in order to look out for a fellow anonymous entertainer although i have to admit i i think what he does is probably uh to a certain extent more entertaining than what i do certainly requires more skill but that, that was a good time. I like that guy, and I like his music a lot. I'm really glad I stumbled across this whole synth thing. Uh, it's, it's stuff I'm enjoying checking out and discovering, and I'm going to go back, like he said, and check out the 2008 revival and listen to some of that stuff. I'm curious now. I hope it's not a big rabbit hole uh, like collecting vinyl where I'm just going to spend a whole ton of money on it. All right, guys, speaking of money... Yeah, that's right. I told you it was going to happen. Go to needlessthingsite.com. Look for that little PayPal con- contribution button and give me a buck. Give me five. Give me a thousand. Whatever you feel like this is worth to you. Just help us out. One shot deal. We'd appreciate it. Uh, give us feedback on iTunes and Stitcher. Join the Needless Things podcast Facebook group or shoot me an email at phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com. I will be here each and every week, and if you send me emails, I'll, I'll read them on the show. Why not? You know why? Because I love you guys. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.